0: I will read the place of Holy Scripture that is written in the book of Ephesians, the letter of Apostle Paul to Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. We already know that this verse is a certain fulfillment of a thought that is written in the previous chapter, in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God into righteousness and holiness. So each of us is called to run away from the lust of this world because to decay is to rot. And to dwindle and to diminish. So this is what decay means, that we must run away from. It's in a kind of state of discru- uh, d- state of discru- destruction. Scripture says that through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are called to leave this state. And to do this, God has placed, or given the doctrine... He has given these three verbs, the knowledge of which and the abiding in which is contains the life of God, blessings of God. This is to set aside, to renew, and to be clothed. We are called to set aside, to set aside the former way of life of our new man, And again, to set aside means to distinguish the image of the life of the new man from the image of the life of the old man. It is to stop using the image of the former conduct or former way of life. It is to reject or depart from the old way of life, to take off the old way of life, to be freed from the old way of life, to be separated from the old way of life, and to die to the old way of life. To have the ability to imitate God as His beloved children, we need to renew our mind so that we can demonstrate this power of God on earth. So we can demonstrate His character, His glory, His life, God's love, and so forth. To demonstrate the beauty of God in our bodies, we are called to renew our thinking. The verb renew translated from the Hebrew language has seven meanings. This is to embody, to be partaking to, to be transformed, to be attentive to the action, to be enticed, to be reborn, and to be seventh victorious. By turning these meanings in relation to the new way of life, we receive the information in the form of the commandments of God for implementing the new way of life into the sphere of our thinking. Psalms 119, verse 131. Psalm of David. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for your commandments. A person who does not pay the price, who calls himself Christian, but he does not set aside his former way of life, he does not renew his thinking with the spirit of his mind. Is found outside of this order of God. He isn't found in this order. He's outside of it, and he is not going to thirst for the commandments of God as air. Here he says, I opened my mouth and panted. For me, the commandments of God is like breathing air. And without the revelation of these commandments... Without this information, without the teaching, I begin to, I begin to, um, my airways begin to close, and therefore it's a state of opening our mouth and panting and longing for the commandments. These commandments are our role and our calling to cooperate with the truth of Scripture and with the Holy Spirit Scripture, and no one besides us can fulfill this role. And of course, We're talking about being clothed into the new man. This is the third verb that we abide in, that we're studying, that um, we are looking at. We're looking at this goal, and behind this goal stands... Very much. And you know, before it was difficult for me, as soon as I drew near to the Word of God, or as soon as I listened in church, I listened to our pastor, I had a difficulty. You know, our mind tries to classify everything, to try to put everything in its place. and. I will tell you this. I try to understand the teaching with my own mind, with my own understanding. And then I realize that I can't do this with my own mind. It's impossible to understand it directly. Yes, we renew our mind. Yes, we set aside our former way of life. Yes, we pay a price. But we know Him, not through our mind, but we acknowledge Him through our collaboration with them. How does this this happen? I've been meditating upon this. And all of a sudden I, in my heart, had seen the image of a tree. I saw the symbol and the image of a tree. This tree, as you know, how there are branches. There is no tree that's the same that's alike no two that are alike each branch has a different leaf it grows in different directions and these branches grow in different directions we don't need to uh, we don't need to place these branches in their place we need to just take from this tree and for example a bee it uh, gathers nectar from this tree it receives life from this tree it's just as a teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh that we acknowledge and that the Lord gives us and allows us to grow it in our hearts. We know that this is trust in God, trust that grows from the root of hope in the heart of a person. Hope, we know, is the gospel word or the preached word of God that is placed in the heart of a person that finds and that takes up place there and uh, is rooted there. And as we've already heard, and I meditate upon this tree. I remember the words of our pastor. We can't eat from the tree of God that is amid the garden of God. We, can't, we have the ability to eat only by growing this tree in ourselves and eating from it. And we must protect this tree. We must stand guard of this tree. We must care for it. We must fulfill our own role. And finally, at the end, we can offer fruit. And Jesus Christ had said, to those who are victorious, I will eat of the tree of life that is uh, amid the garden of God. The right to be clothed into the image of our new man is the right to rule over time. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He begins this life in us, and this life is outside of God, just as we know, because we know that God is outside of time. He rules over time. And as soon as He begins His work in us, we, as the good soil, are called to. Grow this tree. The right to be clothed into the new men is the right to rule over time because without ruling over time it is impossible to be clothed into the garments of righteousness. So a righteous in all that he does he will be successful. Why will he be successful? Because he is moving in the direction of God. He knows the time and the statute. Why is it the person who has a righteous heart who knows the time and statute? He knows the time and statute and he cooperates with God in this specific time and it's not because he all of a sudden wanted to be sanctified or he wanted to grow or he wanted to offer fruit or he wanted something to, to prove something to somebody to prove something to somebody else to God, to devil. It doesn't matter. He's not righteous. He... Uh, simply was begin to work together with God and God began this work that's why he is called alpha and no beginning he is the beginning and the end he begins this life and he fulfills this life and as we hear the comfort from this pulpit that we don't need to to think for ourselves am I gonna have enough time am I going to have enough time perhaps I just need to work on myself a little bit more and I'll get to the very end. Well, you might not have enough time if we we think this way. Here a person must fulfill his role. When a person does not fulfill his role, when he is not favorable, or he is not a fertile land, that can offer fruit then it's written he can never obtain, attain the knowledge of truth because they can't they don't have enough time that is given to them that god gives them the time to do so in scripture being clothed in the image of the new man is being clothed into the garments clean and bright because we know that these garments clean and bright is an image of righteousness and these garments are given Uh, to those who have prepared themselves and that first they have set aside their former way of life. They had obeyed to the word, submitted to the word, in which God had called this kind of a person to set aside his former way of life and he taught him how to do so. He taught him how to do so, how to pay the price, and he obeyed this word. He submitted to it. So righteousness, as we can see, is obedience, submission. Righteousness is in submission. And a love toward God, this is how God views love. This is how He feels it, through submission. People say, I don't feel God. You know, children, all of the times they're not taught, they're not taught to discipline. They say, I don't feel like it. Well, I don't feel like doing this. I just don't feel like it. And I don't feel like working, or I don't feel like uh, going to school. He doesn't feel. And he is based on feelings, but a person who has matured even in our world, um, in the literal physical world, he learns to discipline himself. Whether he wants to or not, he gets up and goes to work, because when the bills come at the end of the month, if you missed a few days of work, then you can certainly feel it, and it, it takes a toll then these bills will will come and they're going to be difficult to deal with. That's why a person must discipline himself. And God uh, uh, sees love not in feelings, even according to Scripture. We know this and we hear all the time, constantly. He says, With their tongue they draw near to me, but their heart is far away from them, far away from me. Uh, oftentimes, people uh, look at emotions as some kind of action, something that we that we feel. But God feels love for us when we um, demonstrate with our actions that we love Him by submitting and obeying His commandments. By looking at clothing ourselves into the new man, we looked at this process in seven components, each of which finds its definition and expression in Scripture. I'm not going to mention a lot of places of scripture because we already know and we uh, have already, perhaps in our memory, uh, remind ourselves of these places of scripture. So a person clothed in the garment clean and bright is clothed in garments of salvation, clothed in garments of justice, crowned with the crown of the groom. He is adorned. With the garments of the bride, he is clothed in wedding garments and so forth. And the dignity of the new person in the tripartite tripartite dimension is expressed in the dignity of a king. We know that garments testify of the dignity or virtue of a person. This is the dignity of a king, the dignity of a prophet and the dignity of a priest. Authority and the powers of a king is called to establish in the boundaries of our essence the laws of the Almighty and bring His justice to fulfillment, the teaching of Jesus Christ, the teaching of Jesus Christ in the flesh to fulfillment in the boundaries of our essence. And of course, this is the calling of man. Authority and the powers of a prophet in our essence is called to give us the dignity, called to endow us the dignity of kings and priests and establish the limits of our calling and the boundaries of our responsibility. Authority and the powers of a priest in our essence is called to represent the holiness of God and fulfill the ministry of an intercessor. A person clothed in the rank and dignity of a priest is a person clothed in dignity of an intercessor to whom is given by God the legal right through righteous prayer that is the tongue of God and meets the requirements of his will to draw near to God and enter into the presence of God so that we could represent the rights and interests of God that are expressed in God's will. So, or rather, in the written word of God. Studying the seven signs of clothing ourselves into the new man help us understand the instructs of dedication and the dignity of a king, the dignity of a prophet, and the dignity of a priest. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul should be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth from all before all the nations. Isaiah chapter 61 verses 10 through 11 a deep difficult and under, not understanding to mind to the mind of man revelation of god we know that there are exist two formats of salvation scripture talks about this and we are taught this we are we have learned these two forms of salvation that flow from one another that verify the authenticity of one another and that can't be separated from one another because this one salvation is made in two different actions each of these uh, salvations have their different levels sons of transgression sons of lawlessness are not meant for eternal life and they break this salvation apart in their essence they argue it they resist it and in this manner, uh, they f- fill the anger of God, or rather, they um, they expand or multiply the anger of God. But we do not separate these two formats of salvation, but they we unite them in our spiritual essence, and we represent them. Represent them. The first kind of salvation is given to us in the format of a seed as a deposit. If the deposit, according to certain. Uh, occur to certain commandments and statutes will not be placed into circulation, we will lose our salvation, and we will turn ourselves into the category of those who are called. This salvation will lose its, its value, it's going to lose its power. And again, it is we ourselves, that is our choice, and we will turn ourselves into the category who are called. The second kind of salvation is given as a guarantee in the format of the fruit that we bring. It's a fruit that is grown by man, that is necessary to not just keep, but to also multiply. If you have it, and it multiplies, then you will... uh, He will keep us from the hour of trial which will come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. These people, a lot of people, uh, didn't want to pay the price. They didn't want to learn. They didn't want to hear the Lord. They resisted Him. And they had lost their salvation, turned themselves into the category of those who are called Again, because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. So, we must hold on to this truth that we have found out. A person who has left his assembly, as we know, is a person who has, who had lost his crown. He wasn't able to hold on to it. He wasn't able to hold on to his salvation. Somebody had torn it from him, torn it away from him. And he lost the inheritance. He lost the value of it. He didn't realize the value of him partaking to this assembly. And he says, well, I, it doesn't matter where I am, either here or in this church. It doesn't matter where I go as long as I go somewhere. Uh, they are swayed to and from whereas the righteous he is like a root he uh, is found near the water his uh, his heart meditates on the law of the Lord and it delights in the law of the Lord Uh, and on all that he does he shall be successful but the wicked they are not so they blow to and from. As soon as the wind blows, the wind of some kind of teaching, the wind of some kind of rumors or gossip, these people are lifted up and they're taken away um, from their assembly. And obviously, then, then they can't bring fruit if they leave their assembly. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-4. through four. Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence for this is good and acceptable the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so, He has clothed me with garments of righteousness is the next sign of the bride of the Lamb. bride of the Lamb will be clothed in garments of righteousness. For God to clothe a person in garments of righteousness so that this righteousness that is inside can be poured out and a person can be clothed in these garments, a person must fulfill conditions, the conditions of discipleship that are expressed in act of humility. Likewise, you young people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed in humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5, In Scripture there are two kinds of salvations and two kinds of formats of righteousness that cannot exist without one another because they follow one another and they flow for one another. Each of these formats have its certain levels that are tied to growth and faith. The first kind of righteousness a person receives in the moment of his acceptance of salvation. He receives this righteousness on the as a gift of grace apart from his works. This was the righteousness of God that we are called to accept on the conditions of God. Apostle Paul had written about this in uh, in illustration in Romans chapter 3 verses 21 through 24. And the second kind of righteousness we receive through instruction and faith is the reward that clothes us in the powers of the fear of the Lord and make us able to distinguish good from evil and to practice uh, righteousness and works of of justice. This is the goal of God for every individual person. He who is unjust, let him be unjust He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. Behold, I am coming quickly. My word is with me. The right to affirm justice in our prayer is the dignity that... Places a period at the end of all virtues. From this it follows that without the dignity of justice, then all of the other dignities or virtues would stop being virtues. Because without justice, God would stop being God, and ministry to God would be ser- would be turned into ministry towards Satan. Satan. But according to the unchanging word of God, this can never happen before the face of face of God in the kingdom of God. This can't happen in the kingdom of God. First Peter chapter one verse seventeen. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. And therefore, true virtues in the subject of double garments a person can have, uh, when he has received justification according to the requirements of Scripture, as a gift of grace, and second, through instruction and faith on the foundation of the same Scripture, he began to practice righteousness and works of righteousness according to the norms in Scripture. And to better understand the nature of our new man in which we are called to be clothed in, and in this case, in the garments of justice, we will look at four questions. First, the source of garments of righteousness, the purpose of garments of righteousness or justice, the conditions necessary to be clothed in garments of justice, and the reward for having and keeping clothes of justice or garments of justice. According to scripture, the source of garments of justice can come only from righteousness. And therefore, to be clothed in the garments of righteousness, it is necessary for our justice to grow from the root of righteousness so that we can practice righteousness. We must be righteous according to our origin. This is just a reminder that must continually reorient ourselves. And if you call on the Father who and he shall see the labor of his soul, and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant shall justify many, for they, sh- for he shall bear their iniquities. According to this prophecy, the Son of God, as a Son of Man, in order to tie us to the root of righteousness, while being in the flesh, he gained the dignity of righteousness through knowledge of God, and he received knowledge of God thanks to his discipleship through instruction and in faith, by drinking curds and honey. Isaiah seven fifteen. This is also what we must do, to follow Christ. To imitate Christ. Curds and honey he shall eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. And therefore, the material and the properties out of which garments of justice are made up of is gained through knowledge of God through discipleship, whereas being clothed in the garments of righteousness is the fruit of our discipleship expressed in affirming the justice that we have. From this it follows that proclamation of the faith of our heart in the justification of according to grace, is the first kind of righteousness, whereas the formation of justice coming from our heart is a second kind of garments of justice or the second garments of righteousness. This occurs through proclamation or the declaration of certain words. Through being taught, a person is called to understand this truth and specifically know the words of the wise, as we know, uh, they have a specific Uh, Mark, there from the Lord. And wise people are messengers of God. Uh, God says, I will send you apostles and prophets. These people are representatives of the Word. That's why I, with joy, read these notes, knowing that it is comprised, it was comprised by a wise person, the person who has the messengership of God. And I know that these words are like nailed nails, hammered nails. And to be taught these words, we must be taught these words so that we can correctly declare them. And this is a huge knowledge that that requires the price of discipleship. And I understand this very well. I understand when pastor says about these doctors of theology or so forth. I had went to a biblical institution for many years, and I was reminded how we were taught. This was before I came to this church. Having inner zeal, I, what did I do? I came to America, and I found out we can be, go to Bible college, and so I went to a biblical institution. And I remember these questions that were asked of me. They I would be asked... Is the Holy Spirit a person or not? Okay. You can say it's a person. You can say it's not a person. And you can say, I don't know. And still, you will receive a uh, letter A grade. Answer however you please. And this is how, how they teach. This is how these institutions teach. And you know, when I had read the book of our pastor, uh, not long ago, after I finished this institution, I remember reading the words. Those people who say that the Holy Spirit is not a person are people who are um, whose minds are diminished, whose minds are in the dark, and they believe in demonic teachings. And I had dug in scripture, studied all of this, studied these books of theology, and I began to think that he's not a person. When I was giving my test, I had noted that the Holy Spirit is not a person, and when I, as soon as I gave this exam, uh, I received the letter A, and all of a sudden I see this passage in pastor's book, this bl- little blue book that we had. And I thought, and I was, I was beside myself. And I thought, what had I done in this exam? Why did I mark off that question that way? That I did. And a person uh, learns. He teaches. He teaches. He finishes the schooling, and he understands that he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know anything. Doesn't understand anything. He just wasted his time and his money. But we are taught in the true institution, in the real institution, where we will have true graduation, there's going to be a certain result that we will achieve. And this knowledge um, is not just to become some kind of pastor or a teacher or so forth. And you know why I wanted to go to school? They, I was told, you know, and I was told this, this of course isn't true or perhaps, maybe, I don't know, I didn't look at this, but later on I understood that this isn't true. They were telling me, if you don't have education, you can't be any kind of minister in the church. And I thought to myself, man, how? I came to America, I need to do something. And then right away I skipped off to to theology school. I never wanted to be a pastor, and this is a strong burden. Um, the material and properties out of which garments of uh, righteousness are comprised of is through discipleship, whereas being clothed into garments of uh, garments of righteousness is the fruit of our discipleship. From this it follows that the proclamation of the faith of our heart in righteousness, according to grace, the garments of righteousness are again the garments of righteousness. According to these statements it's impossible to become a righteous by doing some kind of good deeds. One must be born righteous and grow in this righteousness and practice righteousness. Here we have a specific separation of him who is righteous and him who tries or strives for righteousness, tries to become righteous. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. 1 John 2.29 Works of righteousness are the works of God or good works. And they're not according to the definitions of a person's, the way a person sees good works, but good works must be defined by their source, the source of their origin. Therefore, any kind of religious good deeds that come from the flesh is evil and it challenges the righteousness of God. Praise God that we can hear about this, that we can know this, and that we can apply it in our lives. And we can have a certain freedom associated with this. We can gain this freedom by acknowledging truth, not being found under any kind of guilt. I can't do this, I can't do this. We must define the source, what is standing behind these works. One sister came up to me and said, I wanted to do something and I understood in my heart that... Um, The inspiration is from my flesh. Well, praise God that you know. Don't do this then. She's like, I wanted to do something good, but it wasn't good. The source wasn't good. In my heart, I knew that it wasn't good. And the more we grow, acknowledge God, the more brighter we begin to understand what the source is. But when we're unable to understand, thanks, thank, thanks to God that we can go to our leader, to our pastor, and ask him. He says, I have a question. Please tell me. And uh, if Daniel, for example, Pastor Daniel can't answer the question, we can go to Pastor. If he can't answer, then there's God's order in this. And you see that we can see that saints begin to more and more define in themselves. All of a sudden, they begin to uh, understand, is the source from the flesh or is it coming from good intentions of the heart praise God that we can do this garments of righteousness contain three dignities of authority that have a direct relation to the purpose of justice this is in the justice a very important word that we are paying attention to again and again This is the dignity of the supreme legislator, the dignity of a supreme judge, and the dignity of the supreme captain and commander. As a supreme legislator, God establishes the rights and boundaries of relationships. He establishes between man and God, uh, God and man, between man and man, and between man and the whole earth. There are certain boundaries in which God, as supreme legislator, he has already established, and we are uh, we are called to implement into our essence. As the supreme judge, God, in garments of righteousness, places his judgment as a light to the nations. Judgment, or the courts of God, are called to justify and protect the vessels of mercy and, um, and condemn the vessels of wrath. Also, the judgments of God are called... To, to punish the ancient serpent. And as far as I can understand that, this thousand-year millennial kingdom will be the reign of the church in a global influence on the earth. The judgment that we are taught, that we abide in, and that we conduct each one in his own order. And we see that the judgments that come from them, when pastor uh, conducts judgment, these judgments of God occur. Uh, This is the word that either blesses or the word that condemns. And of course, in the thousand year reign, it will be in such a, a grand state. This will occur in such a grand manner and of course the kingdom is written we will reign on earth how will we reign on earth if in the church uh, somebody doesn't like the church and they go to another one they are taught something else there and then the thousand year reign well how do we reign there then you weren't taught how to reign there you don't know the boundaries you don't know how to establish the courts of God or how to demonstrate this kingdom therefore I understand that in the church this is uh, this is the kingdom of God that grows this is the teaching that we must
1: learn. Whereas,
0: again, the judgments of God are called to protect someone, uh, protect someone, and condemn others. And again, the judgments of God are called to punish the ancient serpent with his army. As the supreme commander, God, through the new man, through his garments of righteousness, brings his judgment to fulfillment. Garments of righteousness represent the judgments of God in his legislation that is written on the tablets of a good heart. The legislation itself is yielded by the word of God that he has magnified and exalted above all of his name. You know, you perhaps see these notes or these words on the on the screen here. Um, you know, under every uh, under every one of these definitions, Pastor had one, at one time provided us one or two different places of Scripture, but these words I have just taken and I have summarized all of it and perhaps not including all the places of Scripture. Uh, the legislation itself is yielded by the Word of God that God has magnified above all of His name. The Word in the garments of righteousness in its legislation establishes the size of a reward and as well as well as the size of a specific uh, specific goal. God, as a commander, uses His army comprised of uh, different truths that find an expression in the garments of righteousness that yield the new man. The body of a person, clothed in the garments of righteousness, is the only instrument through which the Holy Spirit of God could conduct His work in man and on planet Earth because according to scripture only a person in the body who is clothed in double garments of righteousness can allow God through his spirit to express uh, his influence on the planet earth Genesis one twenty six. and God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish in the sea over all the earth this is the great revelation of God that we have heard the interpretation of and that again makes us free we understand Uh, manifestations, demonic manifestations on earth, they're not lawful. That's why apostles, with boldness, they had rebuked the demons and they had left, because they knew the truth. They knew that this was unlawful. Unlawful, the unlawful manifestation of the power of God on earth. This was unlawful. It was incorrect. And this is done by person clothed in double garments. We know that proclaiming these words, God had limited himself uh, to person clothed in garments of righteousness and God defined his relationship toward the new man and to the earth upon which he placed this new man as a ruler so this person could represent his perfection. John 5.27, he has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. This place of scripture contains, is a very, um, contains a heavy weight, it is very significant. Judgments and the manifestation of garments of righteousness is retribution or the harvest. It is necessary for us to affirm the harvest on earth when we say, let it be to me according to your will. According to these words, a person who is clothed in the garments of righteousness can fulfill the written word. And a person can fill, fulfill the written word and the boundaries of his responsibility. Each holy person clothed in garments of righteousness will conduct only the righteous judgment and judge with the judgment of God with the correct judgment just Christ has taught the thing is is that it's written that he shall not judge by the sight of the eyes he had rejected his um, human eyes he had thrown them out of his life I judge only that which the Father tells me, that which I see from the Father. That's why I search for His will, and my judgment is true. That's why with His authority, He can teach His disciples. If you're right, I... Uh, gives you trouble, take it and pluck it out. If your understanding, your own personal understanding of Holy Scripture does not coincide with the church of God whose head is the person who is sent by God, who represents the fatherhood of God, then you take your opinion and you pluck it out, take it away from yourself, and then you will enter into the order of God and you will become a disciple, and God in turn will be able to teach you because if a person does not do this then he is going to follow his own eye meaning his own opinions and he will, he will, um, he will be seduced by his own thinking when he is seduced by his own thinking all of his body will, will be thrown into the lake of fire that's why Christ said it's better for you to enter in life without your own understanding than you will with your own understanding all of a sudden tell people uh, I don't understand the Bible scripture this way will be destroyed. I understand that we're already taught. We uh, fear even speaking these words. Not just fear, we just understand how destructive saying, I don't understand it this way, according, you know, I don't understand it, it this way when we're talking about the teaching of Christ. Because, well, I don't, I don't know. I had endured the g- strong power of these words in my essence and and I am very scared to even say these words because behind these words stand a strong power that is going to throw me into the lake of fire. I don't want to go into the lake of fire. I want to be with God. I want to be with saints and I want to be a part of the church. That's why we must take away our own, ma- our own opinions, our own understanding and understand that it's a great blessing that we've done so. The new man, in garments of righteousness, is called to conduct uh, or called to judge every action whether it's good or whether it's bad. Sometimes we don't like this, when this um, action that we have done is portrayed as, as bad in front of others. Sometimes people don't like that. Ecclesiastes 12.14, for God will break, bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Job had said, if I were to hide their blemishes, I would be scared of the church of God. He said, I would walk around quiet. I would not greet anyone. You know, I would try not to go to a yachik or a cell group. You know, if there are certain blemishes, sometimes people try to stay away so that these blemishes aren't revealed. They try to hide. They had to try to hide these things. And God is going to manifest them one way or another. It's going to bring every work into judgment. As I've told you before, and I'm remembering a situation that I'll tell you about now. I, you know, um, I, uh, there are many builders in our church. Builder, for example, has, has done something he had done something incorrectly and he acts as if he's fine one brother comes to me after chicken says Dima when you had said this and he had done he had worked at my house uh, yesterday and when you shared this story Dima I thought that maybe you you saw what I did that I that I tried to hide and I I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking about this What I, I noticed that he did something perhaps not fully well but I thought okay this can be covered that's okay and this person thought during cell group when I was testifying this that I was talking about him that I found this that I went to a cell group and uh, testified about this so um, that I could catch him <laughs> but God uncovers through this kind of close relationship um, our blemishes and this is good Um, our goal is now to be rid of this to be rid of these blemishes Um, again, uh, so number two the new man the garments of righteousness called to participate in the discreditation of unworthy judgments third, the new man in garments of righteousness called to participate in building our trust in God fourth, the new man in the garments of righteousness called to participate in conducting or building up the fruit of joy. Psalms 97 verse 8. Zion hears and is glad and the daughters of Judah rejoice. The new man in garments of righteousness is called to participate in being taught the judgments of God, not run away Depart from them, but to be taught from them, uh, looking at them as a blessing. Psalms 119, 102. I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. Six, the new man in garments of righteousness is called to participate in, as a witness against those who reject them as, uh, the messengers of God. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. Assuredly I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Mark 6.11, we participate in this. We say amen. We uphold this. We uphold the hands of the um, messenger of God and the judgments he speaks. Seventh, the new man in the garments of righteousness is called to participate in the ceremony of the marriage between God and His chosen remnant. Hosea 2:19, "I will betroth you to me forever; yes, I will show you to me in righteousness." And the price for being clothed in the garments of righteousness, the first price is comprised of fulfilling the conditions that allow us to be filled with the fear of the Lord, to be filled in such a way that this fear of the Lord can flow from us with uh, in a great river the price, the second price for the right to be clothed in garments of righteousness comprises of conditions the fulfillment of which are called to turn upon us the favor of God third, the price for the right to be clothed in the garments of righteousness is the price for the ability to judge all that comes from the spirit of God um, but ourselves do not depend on the judgment of any kind of carnal person and fourth, the price is the price for the right to acknowledge the mind of the Lord to judge him for us the right to be clothed, and the price for the right to be clothed is fulfilling the conditions that allow us to be filled with the fear of the Lord. Jesus was filled with the fear of the Lord, and of him it is said, Isaiah 11.3, His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. As far as we know, the price for the right to be filled with the fear of the Lord is comprised of instruction through faith which we can receive none other than through the person whom God has placed before us so that he can edify us in faith and bring us to perfection that is inherent to the perfection of our Heavenly Father curds and honey he shall eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 15 When a person himself chooses his own teachers, and these teachers will flatter his ears. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. They will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Second Timothy chapter 4 verses 3-4 through 4. So the teaching about theocracy. Jesus Christ had expressed it this way. Do not call fathers for yourselves and do not choose um, instructors for yourselves. As we are heard at our previous service or not too long ago, that God establishes one person. It is one person and we don't need to choose. We don't need to um, vote for this person. You know, to, by scripture, voting is to give us certain uh, dignity to. Because we know that uh, when people had chosen somebody and called someone, and called on someone, the glory of Israel had departed from the sons of Israel. So Benjamin, remember, his mother called him Benoni. And what uh, Jacob had done, according to revelations of God, he changed his name to Benjamin. People named people um, according to revelations from God. That's why we know that the names of apostles, Simon, Peter, and so forth, Uh, excuse me, yeah, these were apostles, and they contained great deep meanings that contained different purposes, dignities, uh, fate. That's why people say, do not name teachers for yourselves. Meaning the key question is this person sent by God is he endowed with the spirit and authority of the Father does he speak about this because a person whom God has endowed with us the Lord he's going to speak boldly saying God has given this to me and he's going to proclaim and he's going to teach to establish God's order in the sphere of his responsibility and to bring it to fulfillment so that each one uh, each person can, can grow each holy person This is the key question. Is he sent by God or not? But when we choose teachers for ourselves, then of course um, we choose them so that they can flatter our ears. We need to acknowledge the one whom God has given the powers for this ministry and this service. The second price for the right to be clothed in garments of righteousness is the price paid for the ability to turn upon ourselves the favor of God. This price is comprised of a a set of certain conditions or, or, excuse me, definitions. The favor of God of the favor of God, certain definitions of the favor of God, God had said, "Behold, this is my son in whom I am well pleased or in whom I find favor. The favor of God depends on the level of our spiritual maturity. A person grows matur- maturity and he uncovers himself he makes himself <laughs> Uh, he builds himself in a way where God has favor upon him. The favor of God is contained in the revelation about the path toward knowledge of God. When God has favor toward man, he says, go to this church sit down, partake to this church and begin to be taught, he opens the path by which we must go. If God does not favor upon a person, uh, this person begins to uh, be lost in the darkness. You have probably met these people and these people ask, well, uh, how can we define where God wants to see us? I can't find, I've closed my eyes, I've prayed, and I've um, bent my knees, I can't, I don't know where God wants me. Well, because God doesn't have favor upon these people. These people can't know the path toward God because they are lost in delusion somehow. The favor of God is contained in proclaiming with our lips the faith of our heart. The favor of God is contained in offering our first fruits to the priest. The faith of God is contained in uh, gaining the virtues of an infant. The favor of God depends on the favor, our favor toward those saints whom God has placed before us. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls and those who must give account as those who must give account let them do so with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you so the person who is set by God and his helpers and there are many helpers um, whether this person is in service and ministry in the worship group i begin to like a pastor had had uh, brought out gino nishinko out um and I came to Jean and I said, Jean, how can I help you? You know, before, I didn't have this kind of a heart where I can come and help. I Before, I think of myself, think, well, you know, if I need help, they'll call me. If they need help, they'll call me. But this person is going to be responsible for the building or the remodel of this church, um, and therefore, um, to be helpful, we submit to this one person and people think that if the remodel is done, the sound will be will be better. And other people say, well, why are we even doing this remodel? And this isn't good for us. You know, if the commander says, do this, come up to Jean with um, your services, if you can help, then uh, find the moment to be enacted in this ministry or this service to be of good use. The next component that allows us to find the favour of God is uh, to be... Is contained in the dignity of being rain that is poured out on the earth. Job chapter 37, verse 11 through 13. Also with moisture, he saturates thick clouds. He scatters his bright clouds, and they swirl about, being turned by his guidance, that they may do whatever he commands them on the face of the whole earth. He causes it to come, whether for correction or for his land or for mercy. Job 37, verses 11 through 13. When a person does not want to fulfill his calling and When a person says, Well, I don't like this person, why should I have mercy upon him? We must pour out the mercy of God, whether or not you like this person. You know, we're different people. You know, some people are more sympathetic to us, other people might not be. But uh, we must be taught not to judge according to the sight of our eyes. Another place of scripture, as rain, we must serve as punishment. So when you punish, you become you become bad in the eyes of this person whom you punish, and people don't want to take that image upon themselves or take the responsibility upon themselves. Um, but cursed is the one who withholds his sword from the blood. Sometimes blood has to be poured. Sometimes we have to demonstrate severity. He said, because you let a person... Because you let go of a person who was supposed to be killed, your soul will be... I will take your soul for his soul. We must fulfill the word of God. That's why sometimes pastor Demi, uh, is Severe, and I understand that this isn't easy to be severe in correction. You know, when I heard this severe correction, my soul begins to, began to kind of uh, resist it and to act something that uh, has not been killed yet, it, it, it rose, its fury rose, but we must take it away, we must be freed from this. Why? Because a person must fulfill his calling. God tells him what to do, how to fulfill certain judgments and to put everything in its place. Perhaps this person isn't doing this correctly, and if he doesn't do this correctly, God will deal with him. We must just demonstrate obedience to the word that we hear. The next component that gives us the ability to find the favor of God or gain the favor of God is the requirement to not forget the instruction of our Father and to keep his commandments, to keep them, to remember them. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1-4, through 4, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. So we must bind our neck with mercy and truth so that our neck can be bent and and become obedient and again write them on the tablet of your heart and you will find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man so God through the spirit of the father and the tablets of our heart in this way he, ing- he writes the commandment on there when we obtain knowledge about how we should understand this truth how we should apply it in our lives because you know, we hear, we listen, we listen to the word, then we come to cell group and we're told, You need to do this. I thought, Well, uh, I thought Pastor explained it this way. No, you don't understand correctly. You must do it this way. Each of us might have understood differently and we need to settle everything. And um, we've done this a few times. I said, I would say, Sister, go again. Go again and double-check, double-check this knowledge or this piece of information that we think we received so that we um, have incorrect thinking. It must sometimes be double-checked. And all of a sudden, when we do double-check, I think, oh, you know what, I'm a leader. I didn't understand this correctly. I thought, you know what, I should understand all of this together, but... But, okay, that's okay, I may have not have understood. That's okay, now we found out um, the correct piece of information and we can go forth. The next component that gives us the ability to find the favor of God is contained in obtaining a good heart. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of wicked intentions he will condemn. Obtaining a good heart, it could be gained. A person may say, well, maybe I'm not meant for the kingdom. Maybe I'm not, um, maybe God doesn't need me. You can gain a good heart. You can gain this. Just demonstrate obedience to the gospel word of God. But a wicked person with wicked intentions, God will condemn. God will judge him we must believe that justification it is not because you've been so good that you've tried you know, sometimes the adulterers uh, gain the kingdom of heaven instead uh, of so the Pharisees and the Sadducees, because um, they had a good heart they obtained this good heart they understood that If they do not repent, they'll be dead. That's why they ran to Christ, and it's written that the Pharisees had looked at them and They thought, well, look who Christ is uh, dining with. I know I've told you this before. When I came and I met with Pastor, I thought what kind of people surrounded him, and I was a kind of Pharisee and a scribe. And I looked at this table, and I thought, how a person speaks as a man of God, but his surroundings is, is so different. He's surrounded by so many different people, and I was very confused when I had just come. The next component that gives us the ability to obtain the favor of God is comprised in gaining a wise heart or an understanding heart. The king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him who causes shame. A wise heart is a heart that is able to uh, rule its calling according to the requirements contained in the statutes of God. Give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil who was able to judge this great people of yours the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing then God said to him because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself nor have asked riches for yourself nor have asked the life of your enemies but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice behold I have done according to your words see I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there may not be anyone like you before like you before you nor shall any like you arise after you And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall be no one like you among the kings all your days. So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. You know, I've already talked about um, in a smaller group setting before in this place of Scripture. And this place of scripture, if anyone who does not have enough wisdom, if anyone does not have enough wisdom, ask God. This is written in James. And this place of scripture I had turned it to those people who were foolish, who were um, who were weak. You know, sometimes there are people who, they just, they don't have enough wisdom, don't have enough wit to do things. You know, I thought, okay, well, these people should ask God, and, you know, they can, they'll they have enough wit, have enough common sense. But I didn't apply it to myself. I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm fine, I'm right in the mind, I, I don't need more wisdom, I'm, I'm okay. But all of a sudden, God had led me to a kind of state where I understood well I am foolish. I thought the more the more I learned the more foolish I am because I can't do this here I can't do this there and I remembered oh we need do we need to ask God for wisdom. And I learned this lesson and every time I go to service I Think, uh, I put myself in this position, Lord, I don't have enough wisdom. Today you will manifest uh, wisdom from this pulpit. Allow me to accept it. Allow me to hear it and accept it. If I don't realize that I don't have uh, enough wisdom, then I will be able to, uh, to receive more of it. We must learn and we must gain this wisdom. The next component that gives us the opportunity to find the favor of God is comprised of the teaching that under the condition of our heart being inclined, we can receive uh, wisdom or knowledge through instruction and faith from God's kings and priests. Proverbs 19.2 The king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion, but his favor is like the dew on the grass. The favor of God is the truth that is contained in the teaching of Christ. And we are going to now pray together according to the mercy of God. God has allowed us to be in this place. Our time has drawn to a conclusion. We realize our weakness, we realize our lack before God, and we realize our lack in knowledge or wisdom. We will make our hearts thirsty. We uh, prepare ourselves to accepting God's revelations, and we will try to pay this price. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your great mercy. Because you have made us a part of your body, you have allowed us to lose ourselves. Forget our nation, the house of our Father to uh, refuse our own understandings, refuse our own gifts, our own abilities, to use the abilities that you give us through the prophetic authority so that we can realize our callings on earth. We thank you that we have died to this earthly body for our love to this world. We have loved your life, your resurrection, your virtues, your meekness, your beauty. And you reveal the beauty of your kingdom on this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. We thank you and we tremble before you. We are astonished by your judgments. We rejoice in your greatness. We thank you that your hand is spread out to your inheritance. We thank you that we can humble ourselves with a meek spirit and this is this is a great privilege to us. We have loved the future world and we have loved your life. And you have come to us And you have spread out your hand to us, your hand of help, your favor. You have sent us your word, your healing word. And you have delivered us from our graves. We were found in death. We were buried alive. Trying to be rid of what of this what was deadly but we are able to but you according to your mercy have given us eternal life and this life is in your son we thank you for your son our Lord Jesus Christ who has made wisdom for us righteousness sanctification healing redemption who has made Uh, the redemption for our bodies, who is the temple of the living Holy Spirit in us. We are not our own, but purchased by God with a high steep price. We do not belong to ourselves, and our bodies do not belong to ourselves, Lord. But according to your word, this is your body, We have accepted your promise about the adoption of our body and us being called into the resurrection of Christ and the new man and we thank you for this revelation of your life, for this bright light at the door of hope when we wait for your coming from the heaven. We can accept this power of life and this power of victory for our bodies. We thank you that you have redeemed our spirit, our soul, and our body. And you have made us kings and priests and we are going to reign on earth we thank you that you have placed these words of hope and these words of faith in our lips through your holy word through the power of your great words that flow from the mouth of your messenger from this place. We have accepted and have believed and have acknowledged and have been affirmed that you have chosen this place for the manifestation of your word, for the preparation of your people, for the coming of the Lord in glory from heaven. Allow us to be prepared for this coming day, to be clothed in garments of righteousness, to be clothed in the beauty of your garments that you give us, your riches. The world can't understand this wisdom of God, and the religious world has denied and rejected this godly wisdom. But we, as your children, have loved your word. We open our lips, for we acknowledge your words, your commandments, as a thirsty land we desire words that's why we ask you let our pastor an anointed man be blessed and may you fill him with moisture with your holy oil with your power and authority and with your wisdom so that he could proclaim and declare your word that you have placed in his heart. You grow in in us this tree of life. And you promise to give us from the fruits of this tree. You promise for us to see your promises in our life that will come to power. That's why we proclaim the power of the promises of God upon this place. And we thank you for your order, your order in which you have said, for all the promises of God are yes and amen and the glory of God through your messengers. We accept, we've accepted your order. We have submitted ourselves to this order. We have chosen to love this order. We have acknowledged that the Church is the strict order of God, where there exists the submission of the younger to the older, where there are officers and soldiers. There is strength in this army. And when each of us take up our own place, then Satan is in despair and in panic begins to run away. We thank you for this victory, victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to be clothed and continue to prepare ourselves and be clothed in your victory upon this place, this place upon which you have, uh, you have lifted us up on. We thank you for this place. We bow down before you. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name.